You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today. Today's podcast is going to be fantastic. Um, i got a guest with me today. Our recovery pastor, Sean Hampton, is in the room, and we are working through the text of the book of Acts. So we're in chapter 12, and today the the passage that we're going to study together is this passage where Peter's in prison. And let me set the stage for this. Okay, so King Herod has just killed James, the apostle. When James was killed, like this went over super well with the powerful and influential Jewish leaders. And Herod wanted their approval. I mean, so he is fueled by this and decides if killing James is good, killing Peter would be better. So he arrests Peter. And so now Peter's in jail. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's the feast time. The city is crowded. Herod is clearly making a power play for his own popularity. Now Peter is alone in prison, and he is confident that he's doomed. But you know the story. Uh, the church is praying for him. The, the The angels of God come and rescue him and let him out of jail. So it's a miraculous deliverance story. But I want to walk this passage with Sean as our guide. So Sean, I really appreciate you coming as a guest on the podcast. Thanks for leading us through this text. What have you got for us, man? Not a problem. Um, and when you first approached me about uh, helping you with it, just walk through this text, and this is uh, Acts 12, 1 through 11 is what we're looking at, specifically the text reference. Um, I read through it several, several times, and for me, one of the things recovery has done is helped me to see and read read Scripture in different ways and see different perspectives. Uh, and I would have thought, you know, read through this before, I'm like, man, awesome, Peter's rescued, yes, yes. But now when I read through this, I just, I like, I put myself in Peter's role and where he was and the hopelessness and the being imprisoned and just all that was going on around him. And that's really what I want to talk about today is just, just where he was in this place of hopelessness and helplessness and just resigned to death in a sense. And like you said in the beginning, Herod, you know, he'd arrested several of the church uh, those belonging to the church and James, and he um, pretty much, be, from what we understand, beheaded James in a very public manner. Peter was out in the community around that time, was very aware of what was going on, uh, understood just the, uh, the, the insight within the Jewish people and how incited they got and how excited they were and, and, and how much this pleased them. And then all of a sudden he's arrested and he's thrown in prison. And he knew pretty much from the beginning that this was this was it. And I, as, as we were talking beforehand, uh, it's pretty evident that Herod was not going to lose him. He was there was no chance of his ex- escaping just because of the simple fact of the amount of guards that he put around him. So he it says four squads of four guards each. Yes. And so the plan is, it's almost Passover, so Herod's going to, I mean, I'm reading, you know, verse 4, Herod's going to bring him out for public trial mm-hmm. after the Passover. Uh, so he's going to take advantage of the mobs and the crowds, and you know he's going to gain some popularity by killing Peter. Uh, I don't think it's ironic. I think it's intentional that you know a few Passovers back would have been when Jesus was executed through mm-hmm. crucifixion, and here Peter is probably thinking, okay, I'm going. Yeah, I, I see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, um, if we put ourselves in Peter's position, we really are in that prison. We're surrounded by all this number of guards. 
We hear the crowds outside. We know that they're thirsty for blood. He's been through this not only with Jesus, but with the James. Um, it's a pretty hopeless position. It's a pretty hopeless place to be. And for me, when I looked into that and I really thought about my life, I tried to look into the places of hopelessness and resignation that I'd had in my life of, of, of where I'd been in a place, whether that's with a career, um, where I just had given up. I just kind of resigned to the fact that this was my lot in life and it wasn't going any better. There was no chance for anything better and that this is just where I am. Um, I know there for a season, Kate and I had really a lot of difficulties in our marriage. And I know for a good season, we just kind of resigned to the fact that we were going to live together as a married couple. There was no chance for true intimacy and happiness. We were just going to put up with each other, raise our kids the best we can, and just feel imprisoned in this and bonded, you know, chained up to just hopelessness. Yeah, just roommates. This is the yeah, best just, we can do. Just the best we can do. And I know I've walked in the recovery ministry. I've walked with many people that have been bound and chained with, with a drug addiction. Uh, many of the people, and I've struggled with depression, that I've known that's really struggled with depression. I, I would think that that's the way they would describe the way they feel with their depression, just total hopelessness and hopelessness chained and bound to a, a, a doomed fate. Just we're resigned to the fact that this is as good as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Peter saw James was dead. It's almost Passover. He's surrounded by soldiers, like a strong force of soldiers. He And, and in fact, at the, toward the end of the text, you, you pointed this out to me when we were chatting. He doesn't know if he's having a vision or experiencing something real until the angel leaves him and he's like a block away in the street. And he's like, okay, so this really happened. <laughs> so, this really happened. Yeah. so it's like all, all the evidence, you know, from the, did that just happen yeah. to the James is dead, to the size of the squads around him, to the everything points to the fact that this is as good as it's ever going to get. Peter, yeah. you're done. Yeah. And he's laying at night. We don't know if it's going to be the next day that they were planning on taking him out to be a public display on, on trial seems, and executed. Seems like it. You seems read the like text, it. it looks like it's the next day. It looks like it's the next day. He went to bed. He's literally laying between two guards, chained to both of them. I mean, I don't know of a more helpless, hopeless place to be and knowing you're going to be put on trial tomorrow and there is no trial and you'll be put to death tomorrow and you're chained between two guards and there's guards outside watching the door. Yeah. Hey, you made a funny comment. that I know it doesn't play super well into the point you're making right now, so I'll make it for you yeah. so you can keep your train of thought. <laughs> You were talking to me before the podcast about, you know, four squads of four guards each. He's chained between two two guys. And it's like, hey, this seems like the heavy artillery. I mean, it seems like we're going yeah. overboard. And he made a comment to me before we started recording. He said, I'm pretty sure, you know, Herod lost Jesus. And I'm pretty sure he said, I'm not losing another body. That's like, I, I've, been down, I've been down this road on Passover. We're not going that way again. Right. And as a matter of fact, if you read on, the guards here played a heavy, paid a heavy price. Yes, they did. They were executed. They were executed. Executed for Most losing definitely. Jesus. That's exactly right. And I, even even in this case, for losing Peter. Oh, that's what I meant. That's yep, what I meant. That's Peter. That, yeah, yeah. That's sorry. what I thought. Yeah. Fumble. Yeah. Fumble on the pastor's part. That's okay. Um, so the, in this moment of hopelessness and helplessness, uh, then walks in. Then Jesus walks in. We talked about how um, in the beginning text in, in, in verse five that Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So he wasn't alone. Not only was he not alone with God's presence, 
the angel that God sent, but the church was intimately connected and involved in what he was struggling with. And I think that's one area in which we as a church now really drop the ball. We really are not walking with each other and asking people for prayer. And in a Roman prison, as a matter of fact, if, if you, you didn't have somebody to bring you food, you weren't eating. So, mean, somebody, so somebody is engaging him in some way. Yes, we're bringing him food, we're bringing him clothing, his needs, whatever he needed. The Romans did not provide that for you. Uh, but they were providing prayer. And, and as a matter of fact, when he escaped and he's walking, he walked into one of their prayer services that they were having for him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, what better way of saying, hey, here I am, God's working in this. Um, but so, so here, here Peter is, and God, the, the church is praying for him. He has people ministering to him in his time of need. In his helplessness and hopelessness, he's still reaching out. Um, and I find it amazing that when the angel came to him and he was laying between uh, the two two uh, the two two guards chained to him, uh, it said he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. And that to me just really kind of sometimes God needs to, to strike us a little bit with a little bit of pain Maybe to wake us up. Thump you upside. <laughs> we used to say thump you upside the head. Thump you upside the head. I don't know about you, but whenever I've been struck before, right. it hasn't felt good. No, sure. But sometimes when we get in that place of just resigning to to sin in our life and the pain of sin or helplessness and hopelessness, yeah. sometimes God has to get our attention. Sometimes God has to create a little pain. There's a little pain in, in stepping out, out of the darkness into the light. I thought that was really interesting. And again, through this, we have many excuses. Well, you know, Peter, I'm never going to be rescued because I've got all these guards. I'm chained to them. No hope. No hope. And, and that was irrelevant to God. So regardless, in my situation, in Kate and I's marriage, I, I did not see a way out. I did not see, Kate and I could not understand what it would look like for us to have the intimate, loving, connected relationship and marriage we have today. If I could tell you the difference between our marriage then and now, it would be night and day, light and darkness. Wow. It is that different. We love, we laugh, we cry, we're angry at each other, we fight but we are connected and loving. And it's just, we couldn't see a way, but we had to get others to walk alongside us. We had to have prayer from other people. We sought counsel. We sought help. There's people that brought nurturing food to us relationally. Um, we read, we prayed. I mean, just the list goes on and on. And, it, and gradually over time, things got better. And sometimes... We're not just walked out of our prison overnight like Peter was. Sometimes it takes years or months to get out of our prison and, and, and release the shackles of our chain, but it is possible. And, and maybe some days on the other side, it's not, it's not while God's rescuing you, it's after you're rescued that you Did look you? up and say, wow, that was real. This is my life. This is my life. I've been set free. Yep. And this happens every week. And I'm just going to, you know, just to plug for our Subject Recovery Ministry, if you're dealing with depression, if you're having struggles in your marriage, if you know somebody that has an addiction or anger issues, we have a whole group for men that struggle with depression, anxiety, and anger. Uh, it's, it's just life issues. We call it Hurts, Habits, Hangups uh, men's group. Um, anything that you're chained to and bound to, I would encourage you to try to come because there's people being set free in a process of being healed and set free every week in our recovery ministry. It's really, truly amazing. That's fantastic. And so... In the story of the spread of the gospel, Peter the Apostle was in prison, but he was not forsaken. God Almighty rescued him, sent angels, the church was praying, they ministered to him, and God delivered Peter. 
And the next day, Peter is preaching. Amen. He's found standing out in the temple courts <laughs> preaching. I love it. It's like, hey, the guy that y'all had arrested is out there. I love it. So, so what? So, I what I what I want what I want to encourage is you know through the lens of your journey in recovery ministry is that probably a lot of people, um, you know, maybe you're not arrested and waiting you know trial for King Herod, but you're enslaved to sins or hopelessness or depression or anger or 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 tough spot in marriage. You're not as alone as you think you are. You're not. God's with you. There are people in the church that are praying for you. And church, we can do better. Let's keep praying. There are people in the church that want to love you and buy you lunch and just just encourage you. And that have been where you are. I think sometimes we for, we think that we're the only ones that have ever struggled with yeah, this. Right and on. that's a lie from Satan because everybody struggles. Yeah. Everybody has been through tough times in your marriage. Everybody has struggled with their kids. I mean, you might not have struggled with a drug, but... I mean, if you stop trying to drink coffee, yeah, <laughs> and all those headaches, or might, eat ice cream, yeah. or ice cream, you know, I mean, you know, or those, your those, phone, or like, or everything. just the, the, the satisfaction of like, you know, making sure people are communicating with you, and that you're on your phone, your social media is like, right. Your so, yeah. I mean, there's people that have struggled. You're not right. alone. So, yeah. hey, man, thanks for taking time to be with us today. Not a problem. I enjoyed it. All right, church family, I'm glad you tuned into this episode of the podcast. Listen, if you thought this was helpful, I'd love for you to share it with somebody. But even more, you know what? If there, if you or anybody in your world would be blessed and celebrate recovery ministry, just as we're getting beat up by the hurts, habits, and hangups, and we're ready for the abundant life that Jesus promised, I want to encourage you. 4.30 Sunday afternoon in the Fellowship Hall. Great time of worship, uh, great message or testimony every Sunday night, and then some share groups that you can honestly walk with people who've walked the road. Hey, I love you. Thanks for tuning in.